Mark. Um, Mark gives us a different look at uh, Jesus' instructions to his disciples. Last week we talked about that Jesus told his disciples, if you say to this mountain, be taken up and be cast into the sea, that was from Matthew's lenses. And now we go into Mark. Mark says the same thing, but the context is different. So what that tells me is that when I read scripture, it all depends on what's going on in my life. Amen. It fits the context of my life. Does that make sense? So if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, some of it you won't find in John, but some you will. It's called the synoptic gospel. So sometimes you read Matthew and then you go to, you go to Mark and you'll see the same thing, right? But it's from, it's from a different context or different lenses, okay? So, that's, so don't think that some people, like when they read the Bible, they're like, well, I don't need to read that because I already read it in Matthew. But if you, don't, if you pay close attention it's a different look from a different person. Amen? Just want to give you that so you understand that. I want to look at verse 22 and 23 today. And I'll lay out the context for you so we can get right into it. Amen? If you pray, I'll preach. Amen? Mark chapter 11, verse 22. And Jesus answered, saying to them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, it's a different rendition, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt, here's the difference, in his heart, but believes that what he what says is going to happen, it will be Granted him. Amen. I want to talk about this morning overcoming doubt, but I want to tag this message. Pray about it. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, pray about it. We are faced with bad news or disappointing circumstances in our lives. We, we hear from somebody in our lives who's spiritual enough to just say, pray about it. It's a phrase that we have taken, but sometimes it's hard to pray when you're in the middle of a difficult situation. Am I right about it? As a pastor, I've heard people say, pastor, I did pray about it. (laughs) And it does not work. I did pray. And nothing happened. Many people are sometimes confused as to why they have not received what they have prayed for. Have you ever prayed for something and you're still waiting on it? Let me let me see how many people. Amen. You've prayed for it and you're still waiting on it. Amen. You, you ask questions. You say, God, 
How come? Uh, you fasted? You said, well, okay, if, I don't, if I'm not going to pray, then I'm going to fast. And I believe that many of us could have had the answer already if we were to examine not just the prayer, but our approach and our attitude when praying. Hello, somebody. I'm going to say it one more time. I believe it's not so much the prayer as it is our attitude and our approach to prayer. You see, when you're faced with a difficult situation, you have to have the right approach, amen, to overcome that situation. I believe that we pray thinking that we can fix the problem. Hello, somebody. Rather than praying and believing that God will fix the situation. I've been there before. I've been praying a long time. Where I, I pray and right as I get off my knees, right as I get out of my prayer closet, I begin to doubt even what I just prayed for. Anybody been there before? Because it looks like it will never work in your favor. Do I have anybody? I mean, every door, hallelujah, that could close has closed. Every time, isn't it amazing, uh, the other day, uh, I, I believe it was Friday, I went somewhere and sister from the church here took me by a church that had been abandoned for about 16 years. Oh, however long it was, I don't know how long. But watch this. It's amazing because the church had started building, right? And they stopped building the building, but it was brought to my attention that the church was for sale, right? So I said, well, let me go by there. And it just so happened that the gates were open. There were some people there. I said, oh yeah, this is going good. Then when I, when I went in there, the guy said, oh yeah, we just bought the building. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Have you ever prayed for something, right? And then you roll up on what you thought was yours. Come on, help me somebody. And, and somebody else got it? Come on, somebody. I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's crazy because I was like, man, how, what, what, God, what is up? <laughs> you know, because, you know, you know, you have your mind set on something. You have your mind set on this job or you got your mind set on this opportunity and you got, you know, and then you prayed and then you, you know, listen, you're not just praying you're doing something about when you pray, right? And then you go out and you approach the situation. You find yourself with closed doors. See, those are the types of things that can discourage us from praying. Those are the types of things that the enemy will use for us to believe that it's over. But I want to tell you something. Tell your neighbor this. It ain't over until God says it's over. And I believe that God has the final say in all of it. 
And where we find ourselves in the book of Mark, we find ourselves that Jesus is now teaching his disciples a lesson in faith and prayer. Faith and prayer goes together. Listen, I want to tell you something. We are about to embark on 31 days. I don't want to just do, I just don't, I don't want to approach this any other way other than with a spirit of faith. Amen. A spirit of faith. That, that what I'm going to put on my three by five card and when I come to this altar on, on Friday and Tuesday night, amen, I, and get on the prayer line every day, I'm going to ask God, I'm going to say, God, I'm believing you for this. And I'm not going to take a no for an answer. I'm going to take a maybe, but I'm not going to take a no for an answer. I'm not going to take none of that because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight through my doubt. I'm going to get rid of the doubt that resides in me. Doubt becomes, watch this, you may want to write this down somewhere. This is the theology of doubt. Doubt can become a mindset. Something that you do repeatedly in every situation. Just like how you have people that think negative about everything. It's the same thing with a person who lacks faith and doubts all the time. People that doubt all the time, listen, it's a mindset that they have developed where they do not, absolutely do not believe that it'll ever work in their favor. In other words, they have accepted the way their lives is, amen, and they don't believe that they can ever do any better. See, here's the thing. We've prayed about it. And we've prayed about it. And maybe you've tried and tried and you're at the point where you're about to say forget it. But I want to caution you before you say forget it. I want to help you to understand that God, amen, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or even think. Amen. Romans 8.28 says... God works all things together, synergism is what you call that, for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. The Bible says, and, and David declares, that I've been young hmm, and now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. So it doesn't matter what it looks like right now. You are in a process. And in that process, God is trying to refine. God is trying to, watch this, transform your character, watch this, through your crisis. Do I have anybody? And oftentimes we doubt when we, when we get on our knees and we pray, we doubt that it can happen for us. But I want to tell you something. We serve a God that specializes, I told you last week, in the impossible. Are you with me? In chapter 12, chapter 11 of Mount Mark, we find that Jesus comes into Jerusalem. He's about to go to the cross. In chapter 11, he comes in. They call this the triumphant entry. 
He came into Jerusalem as the king. Amen. He comes in. A matter of fact, the Bible says he comes in on a colt. He told his disciples, go, you go to a house. There's a man that has a coat, right? Uh, go untie it. Don't ask him for it. Just go untie it because it's never been rode on, right? It's all symbolisms, right? That, that he is the king, the, the everlasting king, amen? And he's coming in. And this is where they said, Hosanna, Hosanna. You've heard this before. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Jesus presents himself. Amen. As what? King. I wish I had some. I'm trying to help you with something. Listen, you're praying to a God. You're praying to someone. Hallelujah. Who has authority. Listen, listen, he didn't come in as a king with a sword and a, a king that's had on a, the, the, the breastplate and the armor. No, he came in as the king of kings. Oh, I wish I had somebody. As the Lord of lords. And here he is, he declares to Jerusalem and he declares to the people, I am your king. Can I ask you a question this morning? Who's your king? You see, because whoever your king is, hallelujah, that means you're part of that kingdom. And I want to tell somebody something. That being part of the kingdom of God, there are benefits, hallelujah to his holy name, of being part of God's kingdom. Listen, in this kingdom, there's no limits. Hallelujah to his holy name. In this kingdom, Watch this, watch this. There's no limitations as to what you can do. Because God is ruler over everything. Come on, somebody. Let let me help you. Let me give you a theological uh, term real quick. He's pure actuality with no potentiality. I'm preaching by myself. You, You know what that means? God doesn't have potential. Because if he needed potential, that means he needed to grow. God doesn't need to know anything. He already knows everything because he's all-knowing. Do I have a witness? And and the reason I'm laying this out to you, because you got to remind yourself that when you get on your knees to pray, you're praying to your king. Are you with me? So he comes into Jerusalem. And the first place that he goes into is the temple. <laughs> Amen. Now, now in this temple in Jerusalem, let me show it to you. It, it go to verse 15. Um, well, actually, let's back up real quick because I got to show you how we got to the situation that we are that we're in in verses 22 and 23, okay? Look at verse 12 for a minute. On the next day, when they had left Bethany, he became what? Hungry. Seeing at a distance a what? In leaf. He went to see if perhaps he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, He found what? He found nothing but leaves. 
for it was not the season for figs. He said to it, the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And the disciples were what? Listening. Now, now I want you to hold that, put that in the file in your brain, put it somewhere because we're going to come back to that. Right? So he sees the fig tree. The fig tree looked like a fig tree. Smelled like a fig tree. But the fig tree was not fruitful. I'm trying to help somebody. I'm trying to help somebody. See, maybe you found yourself looking like you're praying. Sounding like you're praying. Appearing like you're praying. But you ain't really been praying. I got something for you. Maybe your prayer life is not fruitful. I'm going somewhere. Watch this. People tell me all the time, I pray. Let me ask you a question. When you pray, what happens? Does anything happen? Because the Bible says that we can shake the foundation here. Come on, somebody. Do, 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 you, know what prayer, do, do you really know what prayer can accomplish? Prayer can, prayer can move mountains. Prayer can open up prison doors. Prayer can break shackles. Somebody here today, I want to tell you something. Prayer can release you from bondage. But you got to have the belief that when you pray, you believe. Watch this. Watch this. He comes in in verse 15. And they came to Jerusalem and they entered the temple now, let me tell you, the temple had several gates. But I find it interesting that Jesus went to the Gentile gate. You, you know what that means? He went to the place where if you were not a pure Jew, you had to go to the gate of the Gentiles. And what you had to do, you, people would come from all over the world, right, to worship at the temple, right? They would come back. But their sacrifice may have died along the way or they may have had defects. And so what they had, this was called the marketplace. Amen. This is where you would come and you would exchange your money. Watch this. So that you could present the right sacrifice. Hallelujah. In the temple. Y'all following me? Watch this. Jesus comes to the place where prayer is supposed to be promoted. Where prayer is supposed to be powerful. I'm trying to help somebody. Watch this. Maybe you were part of a church that had no praying power. Come on, somebody. What, what I'm saying is, for the next 31 days, I want this house to be a house of prayer. Where we begin to see God's power, watch this, materialize in our lives. Watch this. He comes to the place of prayer. Isn't it a shame that you, you go to church and you don't never... How can you go to the place of prayer and leave the same? 
He goes to the Gentile gate. Watch the text. Let's look at it together. And they came to Jerusalem, right? And he entered the temple. And what did he do, y'all? He began to drive out. Oh, my gosh. He began to drive out those who were buying and selling in the temple. You know what they had turned the church into? A business. You got to go through five stations. DVDs, CDs, books, T-shirts, fried chicken, buffet, fifteen ninety-nine, and then some anointing oil. Y'all ain't trying to. Y'all, y'all with me? They had turned the church into a business. They had turned God's house into a mall. They had turned the temple, the place where you should go and watch this and receive power. Hallelujah. To a place of profit. They were all in the marketplace. Watch what Jesus did. Now watch this. This I find pretty interesting. The king comes into Jerusalem and he announces himself as king. And the first thing he did is he cleaned up the church. He cleaned up the house. The place where God's presence was. You have to get this. Listen, every time you come here and you receive a word from God and you receive, watch this, an impartation of his word inside of you, you should leave here different. You shouldn't leave here the same. Listen, when you get in your car, you and your wife shouldn't be arguing. Come on, somebody. You, listen, you, you, shouldn't have, you shouldn't be tripping out on the kids. You should have a little bit more patience. Because you've been in a place, hallelujah, where God's power is here to transform your character, your conversation. Come on, somebody. Your lifestyle. Do I have a witness today? Do I, y'all still with me? I ain't going to be long. I ain't going to be long. Watch this. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. Who's playing today? Watch what he says. I think Patriots playing today. Watch this. Watch what he said. He said, he said, he came in and he, listen, he, what did he do, y'all? What did he do, y'all? He drove out. Hey, you know, sometimes, you know, you know, you got to get the wrong people out. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> because they're, they're stopping your prayer from getting through. He drove them out of the church. Watch what the text says. The text says, uh-huh, uh, yeah. They were buying and selling in the temple and, and, and he overturned the table of the what? Of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves and, 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 and he would not permit anyone to carry merchandise through the temple. And he began to teach and say to them, it is not written. Is it not written? My house. My house. Shall be called what? I want to tell you something, y'all. We got the wrong concept of church today. 
Church has been twisted today, man. Folk come to church to get happy. That's all they can. No, this is a house of prayer where you need God. Watch this. More than you need him ever before. And you can access him. Watch this. Right here. Right where you're sitting right now. You ought to just whisper a little prayer in your mind. God, I need this word this morning. Lord, I need you to fix my situation. God, I'm praying right now as pastor's preaching. Listen, my money's funny. It's the first of the month. Bills are due. Late fees are coming. I already know what's going to happen. But God, I believe right now I'm in the right place. And guess what? I got access to a God because we made sure that this house is not a house where we sell chicken dinners. And this is a house of prayer, a house of power. Hallelujah to his holy name. The church is us. So here's the thing. If I'm praying for one thing and you keep praying for something else, that's not unity. We need healing, I said, right? We need healing. Somebody need jobs. Amen. Some of you need promotion. Some of you need a better living situation. Some of you need transformation in your own heart. When we come together, we're not just going to meet here. We're going to meet on purpose with power. Hallelujah to his holy name. The Bible says, he says, my house should be a house of prayer for all the nations. Look what he says, but you have made it. Into a robber's den. In other words, you have turned my house. I know why we're not seeing the stuff happen, y'all. It starts at the top. It starts in leadership. All right? Now, I didn't want to go here, but I'm going to go here. Okay, y'all, should I go there or what? Okay, good. Thank you. I'm going to say they told me to say it. The Catholic Church. 1,300 kids. Now listen, they're classified as Christians. So do you know how many people are not going to bring their kids to church no more? And, and watch this. And they excuse these men for their bad behavior. All because they repented in secret. And watch this. And they kept on doing it for years. What has the church become today? We should come together and pray this season so that we can see things happen in our lives. Not because I'm positive thinking. Not because I'm just like, poof, let it happen. No, because we come together with a pure heart. And the church is not tainted with all sorts of gimmicks. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I'm just trying to say, with, 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 with some form of multi-level marketing and, you know, they're trying to sell this and sell that. And, and, and listen, and all we're doing is trying to keep a building open. But I want to say to somebody here today, 
I want to see you go to another stratosphere. I want to see you go to another level in your prayer life. I believe that you have a connection to God and it is strong, but the devil's been trying to get you to believe that you don't have the power to pray. You got to clean up your house. That's what Jesus did. He cleaned up the place where power should have been. But they had lost focus. Listen, before I, listen, I didn't, I didn't think about this prayer thing until like yesterday. I was like, man, we need to get into prayer. We need to do some praying. And then the Lord validated and then the Lord helped me to put that stuff together. But I want to say something to you today. I believe we can overcome doubt only by praying. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Verse 20. As they were passing by in the morning, they said, they saw the what? Oh my gosh. And what was going on? What was going on with the fig tree, y'all? Now, remember I told you in verse 14, he spoke to the fig tree. He prayed about the fig tree. I want to help somebody to understand this passage. Watch this. He said, no one will ever eat from you again. He's cursed with a curse. Watch this. And then in verse 20, it says, as they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. And being reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the tree which you cursed has what? Withered. Can I ask a question? How many want that kind of power? And I'm just saying, I mean, you just pray it. And then all of a sudden, the next day, it happens. How many want that kind of power? How many believe that you can have that kind of power? Watch this. Watch this. He cursed the fig tree for not being what it said it was. Just imagine you being a Christian, looking like a Christian, smelling like a Christian, but you ain't got no Christian power. What do you think you're going to do with you? We can look good Christian-y, you know. Watch this now. You don't tell nobody at the job you know Jesus. Nobody even know you are undercover Christian. Anyway, let me, let, let, me, let me go. Let me go on with this thing. And look what Jesus did. Look what Jesus said. Jesus said, Jesus said to them, my question is, why was they surprised? Like seriously, listen, what was the point? Did they not take seriously the words that had spoken? I want to put a, put a pen right here. Every time you open your mouth in prayer to say, Father, pay close attention to every word you say. Because he records it. So just remember, when you say, I can't do this no more. I'm finna give up. Amen. He has a record. But every time you pray, watch this. If you pray in faith, it will come to pass. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. I've been talking about the tongue. The tongue boasts of great things. But let me say this to you. You could boast about it, but until you pray about it, it ain't gonna come to pass. Because I know a lot of people who talk about it. Hello, somebody. They talk a good talk. Amen. But nothing ever comes to pass. Watch this. Watch this. 
Watch this now. He says, may I say this to you? Prayer without faith will not work. Worship without faith is powerless. Jesus already established in the context the fact that he cleaned up the temple, that his father's house would be a house of what? Prayer. And now he goes on to tell us about the priority of prayer. But now we're going to see what I call the power of prayer. Tell your neighbor, pray about it. <laughs> watch this, watch this. Verse 22, and, and look, look at Jesus' answer. This answer to me is amazing. See, I, I want to help you with something. Watch this. He says, truly I say, to, I'm sorry. He says, and Jesus answered saying to them, look what he says. Have, have faith. Is it on the screen? Oh, no, they didn't put it. Watch this. Don't worry about it. Have faith in who? So watch this. Here's how you overcome. Here's, here's the first principle of praying to overcome doubt. Watch this. Pray for your faith in God to be strengthened. Oh my goodness. Listen, y'all. Some of us believe in God, but our faith in him is about this, it's smaller than a mustard seed. Because we doubt his existence. We doubt whether or not he's real. We doubt whether or not he can do it. We doubt him. Pray. I thought about it. I said, man, this is powerful. Why couldn't they not do the miracles before? Because they did not have enough faith to believe in who? In God. Watch this. They're standing there with God. And God says to the tree, curse to you. But the Bible says they were listening, but they didn't learn nothing. I wish I had somebody. Some of you are listening this morning. But when it comes to pass, you're going to have questions. But God has already spoken. Hello, somebody. Oh, I, oh, I thought. I hope you caught that. You, you, you caught that? He said it in 12. In 20, it came to pass. Watch this. But you still got questions how. Now, the reason why they had the how question is because their faith in him Almighty. Their faith, listen, these are his disciples. And a lot of us struggle with our faith in God. Because we like, I, I, I think there's a God. My mama told me there's a God. <laughs> but how, how many of you tried him by yourself? Come on. Come on, let me see somebody who's really tried him. And you know that he, listen, he's done some things for you. He Listen, he got you home half cocked. You, you didn't know where you were going, but God got you home. Hey, come on, somebody. 
Listen, listen, you didn't know up from down, but all of a sudden things start working out and you saw God. He fed your children. Come on, somebody. When you were taking care of them kids by yourself, you didn't know where you were going, how you were going to do it. But God made a way out of no way for you. Listen, you've experienced, that's the experiential, watch this, uh, knowledge of God. But the question is, are you basing your faith only on experience or on fact that he is God? Lord, help my faith today. Lord, strengthen my faith today. Lord, my, listen, listen, faith is not a passive thing. But rather, faith is operating under circumstances in which we shall fail. What's just we shall fail without God. Without God, we will fail. So God, that's why He said, "I said, man, why would He say have faith in God?" They were standing there with God, and He's saying, "Have faith in God," because they did not believe. On these are the disciples, these are our example. And but watch this thank God for exposing their weaknesses because maybe that's what we need to see in order to strengthen our faith. Listen, if I doubt He's God, if you don't believe there's a God, the Bible says a fool says in his heart there's no God. And, and, and listen, listen, I've moved past just what God can do for me. That I believe in. I believe there's a God. But but I need my faith to be strengthened. Because guess what? Sometimes. It gets a little quiet. Sometimes the devil paints pictures. Sometimes. Listen. You're faced with an opportunity. A situation. Either you could lie and get it. Or you could tell the truth and get it. Amen. And, and, and here's where your faith has to come. Well, if I tell the truth, um, it's going to work out. We were in a situation like that with my daughter for school. You know, when you go down there, <laughs> amen, I'm, I'm not going to put it out there. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, when you go down to financial aid, you, you have a choice. <laughs> you could tell the whole story or you could tell some of the story. <laughs> <laughs> or you could tell the truth. And, and, and you know, I was like, well, you, you know, you know, I, I, I ain't going to lie. I, I'm going to tell y'all. I thought about it, y'all. I really did. I said, I, I, I thought about it. But I said, you know what? No, we're not going to do that. We're going to tell the truth. Now, we got denied. But see, my, de- my denial, watch this, didn't mean I was done. Because something better happened. I wish I had somebody. Not only did she get in the school, but they gave her a job at the school. Watch this. Watch this now. And and not, not as a work study, but as an employee. So therefore, there comes, that means what? Discount. Uh They're going to pay her to be there, discount the tuition, right? Watch this. I'm, I'm t- and then they said, now this is where you can get all these scholarships. Now, had I lied, had I not had the faith, had I not believed in God, do I have a witness? 
I, 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 I ain't going to tell y'all. I'm serious. I had to pray that prayer. Lord, Lord, help my faith in you to be strengthened. Because when we're faced with difficult situations, our faith in God is what's most important. Now watch this. Watch this. I'm going on. I'm going on. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. It, but, but I got to ask, Lord, 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 strengthen my faith in you. Right? The stronger your faith in God, the greater your reward. Jesus was saying to Peter, your faith in God can accomplish great things. Amen. Please don't tell me you have faith in God and you don't serve him. Worship him and advance his kingdom. Because, you know, you know, people try to do the faith thing outside. You know, I got faith. But I don't need to come in the house of prayer. Hello, somebody. I can do this at home. Now, watch this. Verse 23. Verse 23. Come on. Come on, Pastor. You can do this. Watch this. He says, truly I say to you, whosoever. You know what I like about that whosoever? It's wide open. (laughs) It doesn't matter if you're black. You're white, you're green, you're pink. It doesn't matter what social status you're in. Come on, somebody. doesn't matter what economic status you're in. It doesn't matter what side of town you're in. Come on, somebody. I see people living at the bottom, and they, ex- they have accepted where they are, but the Bible says, whosoever. If you got a mouth, you better open it. Come on, somebody. And if you have a mouth and you can say God, you better open your mouth and say God. He says, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and what? Be cast into the sea. My next point is, not only should you pray, hold on, pray uh, for your faith in God to be strengthened, but the next thing you got to pray for, hello, somebody, pray Pray for boldness in your in our request. Pray for boldness. Lord, this is difficult. Now, listen, you know why I use the mountain? Impossible. Impossible. I mean, listen. Impossible. Impossible. I can't learn algebra. I I can't learn philosophy. I can't learn. Come on, somebody. But if you have a motivated mind and you have the faith in the God that created you, tell your neighbor you can do anything. Tell your neighbor you need boldness. Tell your neighbor, I'm not talking about barking at God, but I'm talking about boldness. Tell your neighbor, I'm not talking about telling God I'm entitled to this, but but listen, I'm not working right now because of the way I've been praying, the way I've been talking, the stuff I've been saying in my prayer. See, God doesn't owe you anything, but if you have boldness in your request, God, I'm asking you, 
to move this mountain. My faith is not in the mountain. My faith is in the God that can move the mountain. There's the difference. God moved this mountain. Get out of the way. You know, you got to ask questions like this. God, are you presenting this as an opportunity? See, because sometimes when obstacles come in our way, we often say to ourselves, hallelujah, that it's too hard. But I want to say this to you. God, do I really need this? God, do, uh, do you want me to have this? Amen. I believe that because you want me to have this, watch this, it will prove, watch this, by the way it happens that you really want me to have this. My faith, but my boldness. Why wouldn't God want you to have a job? Amen. Why haven't you gotten one yet? Your faith. Why haven't you gotten a promotion yet? Why haven't you moved yet? Why haven't you done what you're supposed to do yet? Why are things, why, why, why? Amen. Why? Because we're not praying with boldness. Cancer can't get you. I wish I had somebody. Diabetes can't get you. Come on, somebody. Mental illness can't get you. Amen. Alcoholism can't get you. Drug addiction can't get you. Listen, you got to understand something. When you pray with boldness, it means that you believe. Lord, I believe today. I'm going to get what I asked for. Now watch this. He says, whoever, whoever prays, whoever says to this mountain, uh, whoever says, uh, truly I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be taken up and be cast into the sea and does not what? In his what? You ready for this? Pray for boldness in your requests. But here's the next thing you got to pray for. Write this down. It's coming up. Pray that you have a pure heart. You know what's crazy? We sometimes pray, right, and act like God don't know us. People tell me all kinds of things. I be like, dang, I already know you're not going to be here, but I, yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Pastor, I'm going to do that. Okay. But I'm just saying, do you not know that God knows your heart? And sometimes our hearts can be tainted because it has not yet been converted. Pray for a pure heart. Lord, give me. Give me a pure heart this morning so that I can praise you, so that I can worship you, so that I can get some of the stuff out of me. Because, Lord, you know what? I mean, you don't have to be mean all your life. I'm just saying, you, you don't have to be looking like that all the time. You, you don't have to feel like the world is on your shoulder all the time. I'm saying, pure.
pure heart, that you have no motives. You have no ulterior motives in your heart. But God, my heart is messed up. I remember when I first got saved, I, I was conflicted because in my inner man, I wasn't right, but I was trying to do right. But I began to pray, God, give me a pure heart. I didn't like some of the stuff I said. I didn't like some of the stuff I looked at. I didn't like some of the places I was going. Come on, somebody. I didn't like some of the things I was doing. But God begins to change my heart. And the pure my heart became. I start, that's how I found out I was an intercessor. Because when I started praying, stuff started happening. I'm like, dang. Well, if I pray for that, let me try praying for this. And I said, well, okay, well then, let me start praying for this then. But see, the, my faith in God is what the real key was. That's why he says, have faith in God. He made a bold statement. I could have just preached that one verse, but I wanted to get down here, right? Watch this. He says, watch what he says. He says, whoever says, listen, you're praying with boldness, but your heart ain't right. How can you have faith in God and your heart ain't right? Oh my goodness, does that make sense? Seriously, I'm serious, I'm serious. How can you be praying to God and your heart ain't right? So Lord, be like David. You know what David did? Lord, David said, create in me, Lord, a clean heart. And renew in me, God, a right spirit. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. But created me a clean heart, Lord. And as a believer, you have that power to exercise 1 John 1 and 9, that every time you mess up, you ask for forgiveness. Don't stay in your unforgiveness. Don't, I mean, don't stay in your sin. Amen? Look what he says next. My goodness. You know what James says in the book of James? He says, when you ask in prayer, he says, the reason you don't receive, <laughs> he says, because you ask with the wrong motives. That's all I'm trying to say when I say pray with a pure heart. Check your motive. Why, why do you want that? Amen. Watch what's next. Watch what's next. He says, he says right here, he says, uh, but does not doubt in his heart. But watch this. This is the part I struggle over this message, y'all. I struggle getting this stuff together, man. I was like, Lord, what is going on? But every time I do that, I know something good is going to happen. Watch this. But believes. Watch this now. That what he says is going to happen. I'm going to stop right there because I'm going to get to the last piece of that verse. He says, watch what he says. He says, but believes that what he says is going to happen. So the next thing you got to pray for, pray that you don't waver in your belief. Can I ask you something? You didn't ask God for a lot of things. Why has it not happened? He says in prayer, whatever you say, 
it can happen for you. That's a promise. And how many of you know God keeps his promises? How many of you know the holdup is really us? How many of you know that somebody here today, you're holding yourself up? Because you're, one minute you really believe, next minute you kind of back. You know what you're doing? You, you vacillate. Back and forth, back and forth. One minute you're on fire. You're hot. Can't touch you. Psst. Check you after payday. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You're all mad and upset. Nobody can talk to you. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen. You see, after you speak it, you don't see it. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Hello, somebody. If you, have, if, you, if, if, you, if you have prayed about it, you have to possess it. You have to possess the confidence in God that he's going to give it to you. Come on, somebody. You got to what? Possess Watch this, the faith in God and, and watch it, that he's confident enough that you have the confidence in him that he's going to do it. But watch this, but what if it didn't happen? What if you have all of that, right, and you, it still didn't happen? You know what that means? It wasn't for you. You wanted that so bad, but God said, that ain't what I have for you, boo. That wasn't yours. That was somebody else's. See, and you're all upset. But I prayed for this. Matter of fact, let me ask you something. Before you went and proceeded or pursued that, can I ask a question? Just a, just a hypothetical uh, uh, discovery question. Uh, did you ask God if that's what he wanted in the first place? So give me my last point. Because let me show you something. If when you pray it and it doesn't happen, What's the, what's the last point? You wasn't praying according to his will. And you've been praying and praying and praying and praying for. Some of us are trying to make relationships work that God said, that ain't my will. You got in that by yourself. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Yeah, don't put that on me. Hello. But watch this, but if, but, but if you explore it a little bit longer, you realize, you know what? It's me. Am I praying according to his will? Is it God's, let me ask you something. If God heals you, right? Let me just ask this question now. What you going to do after he heals you? Is he going to get Glory. Are you going to come in church and lift your hands and are you going to serve him with everything you got? What if God gives you everything you've been praying for right now? Will he get anything back from you? That's the question. He says, whatever you say, you will get it. You will receive it because it has to be according to what? His will. Give God a hand clap of praise.